Welcome back to another edition of Sports Business Secrets. My name is Kevin Tarka. I am the founder of Creation Talent Agency, and I will be releasing a new podcast every single day for an entire year that is specifically designed to share the inevitable challenges of the sports business world and how to overcome them. I'm inviting you to join me in real time on my personal journey of representing professional basketball players, traveling the world, and continuously finding ways to battle through the adversity in this competitive industry. The goal is to share as many secrets as I can to help you along your own path to success. Welcome back to another edition of Sports Business Secrets. Today, we're talking to president of Pro Sports CBA, CPA, John Carafa. And just to briefly introduce John, uh, he played basketball at Butler University and then went on to play professionally for 12 years. He worked with PwC for almost 10 years. He's held various senior finance executive roles and has been growing pro sport for over a decade. So welcome, John. Hey, good morning. How you doing, Kevin? Good, man. I appreciate you coming on. It's been a topic that has been asked for uh, by, by a lot of listeners, and I think it might be, it might shoot itself up to the most listened because uh, this is something that everybody has questions about. But uh, I'm definitely excited to learn more about how pro athletes should handle their taxes. Um, but first, I want to hear a little bit more about your background. Um, you know, obviously, you, you were a collegiate basketball player, and then you played professionally. Tell me a little bit about that process, and then how maybe at the end, how it opened up your eyes to like, hey, there's a service that I might be able to tap into here, you know, as you were finishing up your pro career. Yeah, I never thought the taxes would be at the uh, the, the most requested uh, list of topics <laughs> to hear about, but uh, I'm thrilled. So uh, happy to share. Uh, yeah, you know, pretty, pretty standard background in the sense that, you know, I studied accounting in college and then had the opportunity to play professional basketball um, in Europe. Uh, so I kind of turned down the accounting opportunities in, in my hometown of Indianapolis, where Butler is located, and and then wanted wanted you know travel the world, and I figured I'd play a few years overseas and and kind of go from there. Well, it ended up happening that um, I ended up staying in Germany for almost 11 years and played um, 11 seasons there, one season in New Zealand. Um, so I had a really nice professional basketball career. I found out pretty quickly at the, the, the league that I was in that. Um, the, you know, I had time during the day, um, you know, there's only so much weightlifting and working out that you could do. So I figured might as well kind of keep both careers going. So I did hook on with a big four accounting firm, PricewaterhouseCoopers over in, in the Frankfurt, Germany office. And, and during my entire career, I had both careers going. So um, um, kept at it with uh, the hoops and took that as long as I could take it and uh, worked my way up through uh, being a tax manager with a, you know, a major accounting firm. So for me, it was great. I got the opportunity to, to, to do my own taxes, um, to do other athlete and entertainer taxes, as well as uh, high net worth individuals and executives who are in, in Europe. Great. That's great. So let's try, I know this is going to be difficult, but let's try to give like a 30,000 foot view of, you know, what, what, what is a summary of taxes for athletes? Everyone's, you know, especially with the overseas conversation of, oh, well, let's go make money overseas. We don't have to pay taxes on it. And obviously that's not true, you know, but what is, what is kind of a summary of, of like, hey, if you're a pro athlete, like here's what you need to know about your taxes. No, that's a great question. And, and there's a few um, pitfalls there that, that guys don't necessarily always think about. Um, and, and there's lots of conflicting advice that's out there, like you said. Um, people think that it's completely tax-free. That means you don't have to file. Um, the biggest thing for American players and coaches overseas is they, they have to file tax returns just because they are an American. Um, it's a different tax system than almost any country in the world. 
in the sense that America taxes everybody on their worldwide income. So they have to file a tax return in the U.S. And many of the states, uh, depending on where somebody is coming from, also won't, uh, requires a tax return for that player or coach. So, you know, compliance and, and, and making sure that you file in the U.S. is absolutely important. Now, in most of the countries that, that people are playing in, there's going to be foreign country taxes. In a lot of cases, the teams are paying those taxes for the player. So they do get quoted on a net salary, which is net of the foreign country's taxes. Um, but it, it isn't necessarily net of the U.S. or the U.S. state taxes. Um, and that's where, you know, we come in and we make sure that uh, players and coaches have their tax returns filed appropriately, have the income declared like it should be. And that, and that what we're doing is we're taking certain credits and exclusions. So in most cases, there's very little, if any, U.S. tax that, a, that, a, that someone has to pay um, to the U.S. government. Uh, depending on the state that somebody is coming from, there could be some state taxes that have to be paid. Um, and, and so we, you know, making sure that that is done appropriately and or, and or advising someone to move to a different state and declare residency somewhere else during their overseas career. Right. And, and that's not even talking about the whole jock tax thing with NBA players. I'm sure it's a whole another conversation that you can that you can dig into. But let's let's keep going on the overseas one. So if there's if there's overseas pros or, or, or coaches that are playing overseas right now um, that are American, what, what are a couple of things that they need to make sure they're paying attention to, whether it's keeping their pay stubs or, you know, um, making a list of some of the expenses that, that, that they have while they're over there? What, what are some things they need to be paying attention to for sure every single day? Yeah, a great question. You know, it's definitely good record keeping. Um, the teams often provide pay stubs. They provide tax statements. They provide more details than just the playing contract to the player during the season. Every one of those pieces of paper are important. Um, I've seen a lot of guys just throw it away. They didn't think it was important, but in the end, that's the documents we needed for the tax returns to make sure that those were backed up appropriately. Um, it becomes even more important when somebody wants to get a mortgage to buy a house in the U.S. And a lot of those pay stubs and tax statements that the team had provided um, would be great proof to be able to provide to an underwriter to show that, yeah, I don't have a USW2 to prove my income, but I do have this foreign statement and it's easily translatable um, and, and able to be used, you know, for underwriting purposes for, for getting a home. Gotcha. So just basically making sure you're, you're keeping all of those papers that you think are not important and, and, yeah, and absolutely. keeping track absolutely. of that. And then, then also keeping track of the expenses. I mean, you want to do that from a budgeting and, and financial planning perspective anyway, know where your money's going. Um, you know, some contracts with, with some of these teams are, you know, enormous contracts and um, you know, anybody can follow the trap of, spending too much if they're not following a budget. Um, so, you know, just from that standpoint as well, you just want to keep everything, keep good tracks of, of anything that you're spending basketball related. Um, you know, a lot of guys are also doing things in the off season. Um, and depending on the state, uh, we may, you know, those, some of those deductions may be very handy to have um, on the tax return. So, um, you know, the, the, the good records is, is big, you know, the off season that, it ends up being um, an area that guys forget about. Um, they may do a camp or two and get money um, that way, or they're doing private lessons. And, and there are uh, tax consequences of those things. Um, that ends up being U.S. income. And we want to make sure that we declare that on the U.S. return as well as take any deductions that a guy is allotted. So 
we can reduce any kind of U.S. tax liability. Same goes for any kind of investments. Um, you know, either traditional break, uh, investments through a brokerage firm or a bank where there's going to be interest, dividends, capital gains, that kind of thing, or if it's going to be something uh, where somebody's investing in, in something non-traditional like a restaurant or um, an LLC or other businesses that uh, his friends or family may, may be involved with. Um, you know, all of those have tax forms at the end of the year that need to find its way to the tax return. Um, if, if those kind of things get forgotten or not included, then it can present some issues for for, for uh, taxpayers. Yeah, that's, that's a huge topic, actually. You know, a lot, of, a lot of guys will come back from, from their seasons and they'll spend a few months training in the States um, and, and they'll want to run a camp. So can you talk about that a little more? I mean, there's, if you run a camp and or if you're training and you're buying things to improve your body or you're, you're buying a foam roller or you're buying gear and equipment for, you know, your professional job, uh, I, I know, the, I think the rules have changed once once Trump came into office and, and there's all sorts of different rules the past couple of years, but can you deduct a certain amount of those things? Should you be de- deducting that and paying attention to it if you're a pro, um, whether it's a camp or buying buying equipment? No, absolutely. Um, the rules have changed, but you know a lot of the things that, that people do are crossover expenses. Um, for example, you, know, you mentioned the, the camp activity. Um, you're training other people um, you're, you're setting things up there. You, you're, you're doing a camp um, for, the, for the local community. Um, some of the same expenses that you're going to have for that camp, you're going to have for yourself personally, as far as training goes. So we kind of want to know all the expenses, and then we're going to optimize where we're going to take that on the tax return. Um, you know, when you think about the, the clientele that I serve, um, uh, we, we work with about a thousand athletes and entertainers. And so there's folks at all walks of life. Basketball is still one of our largest groups or we're working with about 50 NBA players, um, about the same in the WNBA and then a couple hundred overseas. So with that, um, with that kind of breadth of, of things that, you know, we've seen about everything. Um, we've worked with that many, many athletes and we're asking for, and we want everybody to track as much as they can with regards to their expenses that relate to on the court activities, because those are going to be able to be optimized by us to make sure that someone has the best scenario tax-wise that they can. And, and you know, depending on what state somebody is from, there's actually different rules for some of the states compared to the federal, uh, to the U.S. government. So um, it, it's better just to keep track of everything, give it to us, and then we'll sort through it and make sure that we get the best tax answer possible. And so what are, what are some examples of those expenses that people should be keeping track of? Definitely any, anything equipment-related. Um, with regards to the game, uh, travel, um, if there are training expenses um, that, that they're paying out, um, you know, even cell phone, that, that type of thing. Um, with regards to running camps, obviously there's gym rentals, there's, um, there's travel. Um, um, gosh, in this day and age, there could be COVID supplies that people have to, have to, uh, to, to make, sure, make sure everybody's safe. Uh, so, you know, any of those supplies, um, any of those types of items that, that relate directly to putting on that camp, pretty much anything's going to be deductible that relates directly to that. And then there's, there's indirect items as well, kind of like what I mentioned with the cell phone. Um, you know, that's, that's obviously a lot personal, but it is business usage as well. Right. No, that's good to know. I, I hope the listeners are taking notes here because I know a lot of this, uh, 
a lot of this talk just kind of goes over a lot of people's heads and they don't really worry about it until it's too late and it's time to file, you know? So uh, de definitely something you have to be proactive about. Uh, one more topic that I, I mentioned before we briefly talked about is the MBA jock tax. Can you give just a brief for those who don't know what that is? And let's say you're uh, on the draft board right now, you're in college. Why is this something that you need to know now? Yeah, so for the US-based players in the NBA, um, or, or even the G League, taxes are going to be their largest expense by far. So it's going to be more than the agent, more than any of the other advisory team or any other expenses, even lodging or, or meals or anything else. So, um, you know, for the higher paid ones, taxes can be over 50% of what their gross income is going to be. And that takes the form of um, U.S. taxes, but also state and city taxes. So, um, you know, everybody knows that about California being famous for having very high tax rates. Currently, their, their, their top rate is over 13%. And currently, there's some legislation that's going through that they may even raise that to 16 or 18 or even 19%. You add that to what the U.S. rate is of 37% at the top tier, then California's 13% plus the, the U.S. 37% puts you right at the 50% mark. Um, so California is definitely the highest uh, tax state. Um, so where a guy gets drafted, um, you know, they, they could be a couple slots down, but get drafted by a Texas team, and they could net more than somebody that was a couple of picks ahead of them in the draft that went to a California team, just because of that that difference in the tax side. So there's a big difference between the the no tax states and the high tax states. Other high tax states are uh, like New Jersey, uh, New York. Uh, Minnesota, and then you've got the no tax states what, that are pretty famous, the, the Texas and the uh, Florida, because of how many teams are there, where it can really make a difference from the net um, after tax uh, incomes that, that people get. So, you know, for an NBA player, they have to file tax returns in most of the states that they play in, and even some of the cities have taxes. So for a typical NBA player that, that's, that's active for the whole season, um, we're going to be filing north of, of 20 tax returns for them between the U.S. states and cities that are involved. Uh, we're talking a week, or about 250 pieces of paper. So that's a whole ream uh, of paper. If you're, you know, to give you a visual, that's how many tax forms we've got to navigate uh, to serve the, the typical NBA player. Wow. That's good stuff, man. Well, well, I appreciate you digging into that. Um, and, uh, and, and I, I want to shift gears as we, as we wrap up here, just to, just to kind of a side topic is, you know, part of the reason for doing this podcast is, as I was mentioning before, yes, we need to educate people and everybody needs to understand that this is a business. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of people out there that think that, oh, if I don't make it in the NBA or if I don't play for 20 years as a pro, I'm a failure. Well, what I tell people, and obviously what you've done with your career and your life is use basketball to open up other doors for the future. Right. So, you know, I, I, I can tell that you have two passions. It's sports and it's account. It's, it's basketball, it's sports, it's accounting. Right. So how do you what advice do you have for uh, aspiring pros that can potentially open doors for both? Um, yeah, that's a great question. And, and definitely I've, I'm lucky in the sense that I was able to, to mix my background and my skill set, um, you know, academically to the professional world in the sense that I can still be involved with sports entertainment um, from the tax side of things and, and kind of put it all together, you know, with my business, um, you know, to fast forward to where I'm at now, I never thought I'd have a, you know, 20 person accounting firm that's 
that's serving you know over a thousand athletes and entertainers and more than any other firm in the world. Um, but there's no way I could have got here without the experiences I had on the court and that I actually lived it, understood um, you know, how complicated it was for athletes. Um, you know, I had to file three, three countries one year. So you know, I saw how complicated it was firsthand. And then that gave me the, the motivation to want to serve you know, fellow athletes and entertainers and, and make sure that they were taken care of and, and that they were being, being treated fairly and not taken advantage of as well. Um, and, 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 you know, from a pricing as well as professional perspective, you know, we, 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 we're quality, um, we're a quality firm and, and we want to, you know, make sure that our, our clients are taken care of from the, the utmost. Um, so really, you know, for me going through and, 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 and kind of walking the walk as a professional athlete, um, really opened my eyes, um, really, you know, made me interested in the other professions that were surrounding um, me as a player, um, you know, from coaching to, um, you know, the managers of the team to scouting um, to, to, uh, to the agents, to the advi you know, financial advisors, the tax folks, you know, all of that made me very interested in that. It just happened to be that um, I felt that this was the area that we could make the most impact. And that was, was really the, the biggest area of need for professional athletes because they have a very complex situation and they need somebody that they can trust to turn to. So definitely the sports, um, you know, there's lots of opportunities overseas. Um, if nothing else, you get a great education of different cultures, different lands and different opportunities from that, that way to, to get that worldview um, really opened your eyes versus just a U.S. centric view. So um, I highly suggest that if, if a player's um, has an opportunity to play, even if it is in a, in a lower league um, overseas, they absolutely can work their way up. Um, and, and, you know, the earnings potential is, is limitless. Um, you know, U.S. basketball, the skills that you have you know, is, is, is still ahead of, of, of most of the rest of the world. So um, American players are still in demand all over. And um, there's some really good opportunities there. And a lot of times also, um, I think that the players don't realize is they don't, they're not peak. And they're at the, at the top of their game at age 20, 21, 22. Um, it's really a few years down the road. So a player, um, after he um, you know, is out of, out of school, um, um, can, can still have some better days ahead on the court. And, and you know, there's, there's a lot of potential still there in most players um, um, so that there's still opportunities that they can, if they're not at the highest level yet, they could potentially get there. And we've seen that. We've seen, I mean, you see it in the NBA all the time where, where, where a player was a decent college player, um, maybe at a, at a good school, maybe, um, you know, not even the top five at that school, but went overseas and came back and ended up making an impact in the NFL or in the NBA. Yep. Um, you know, for, for the Lakers, uh, Alex Caruso comes to mind. Um, Brad Wanamaker's proven that right now yep. um, as well. Top European, top, um, players in the, in those leagues have come back and have done very well in the NBA. Um, and those are just some of the American-born uh, ones. Obviously, we've seen some of the players come from European leagues um, that are international players and are making an impact. So, um, you know, definitely the opportunities are, are great. Uh, it was a neat experience for me. Um, so glad I did it um, and didn't take that first accounting job in Indianapolis when I graduated Butler University. Um, took a chance. I went overseas and and uh, had an awesome, awesome time. And, and it definitely it's laid the foundation for, for all of our business success that we've had since then. That's fantastic, man. That, that, that was definitely some great advice. So last thing here I got for you is what I call a sports business lightning round. I'm just going to fire a couple questions at you, a handful of questions. You just got to hit me with an answer first thing that comes to your mind. Oh, boy. 
<laughs> Put you on the spot here a little bit. Ready? Favorite color? Blue. Most points you've ever scored in the game? 65. Oh, my gosh. Pizza or pasta? Pizza. MJ or LeBron? MJ. Coolest city in the world you've been to? Moscow. What is your biggest strength? Uh, goodness, competitive. What's something that you're really bad at? <laughs> Swimming. Who are three people that have helped you tremendously in your life? Oh, goodness. Uh, probably more coaches than anything. Um, well, my father, um, uh, Jerry Harkness. Um, uh, Barry Collier. Great. What was your first ever job? Um, General Electric intern. A couple more here. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? The Midas touch. <laughs> okay. And if you could trade jobs with anybody in any industry in the world for one week, who would that be? Oh, LeBron. That's a great one. And last question, if you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell him? Um, I think I'd go college football this time. Wow, okay. Nice. Nice, man. That's awesome. Well, you, you crushed the sports business lightning round. I really appreciate you coming on. There was a lot of gems in there. I hope the listeners were taking notes. Um, where, where can everyone find you? Um, if they want to learn more about what you do in your company. Oh, no, thank you. Uh, ProSportCPA.com would be the best place to check us out. Perfect. And I'll, I'll put those links in there as well. So appreciate you coming on. Hopefully we'll be able to get past this COVID craziness and, and see you at some sort of Portsmouth or some sort of event this summer at some point. Very good, Kevin. Good luck with everything. And uh, thanks for your, your time today as well. All right. Thanks, John. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could give it a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling really crazy, you can even share it on social media. As always, if there's a topic you want me to talk about further or a guest you would love to hear on the podcast, just shoot me a message on social media at Kevin Tarka. Thanks again, and I'll see you here tomorrow morning on Sports Business Secrets.